conservative um, on the Leon Block independent media uh, and this is today is arm yourself with knowledge um, you know how we do it um, so we're just going to talk about a, a few things today um, that really matter in, in, in our community, uh, that matter to poor people, that matters to, to us, um, you know, because our, our, our voices are, are silent the most. Uh, out of anybody uh, out of any race that that's in America we the black man the black child the black woman have been silenced uh, the most and that's what is bugging me uh, the most is that we forget about uh, our own people, you know what I'm saying? We go up there and we fight for everybody else. And I think if we educate, we will do so much better as as a, as a nation, as a, as a country, as people. And uh, I want to play this video. It's about Juneteenth. Uh, it's called Freedom at Last. And I would love to, I'm about to play it. So it's about five minutes and 40 seconds long. 
Like the Civil War itself, slavery didn't end with one decisive act. After the Battle of Antietam in September 1862, President Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation in January 1863. It declared all persons held as slaves within the rebellious states to be free. Northern abolitionists welcomed the proclamation as a first step, while Southern slave owners ignored it. Ending slavery would take a constitutional amendment passed in January 1865, Robert E. Lee's surrender at Appomattox in April 1865, the heroism of many enslaved families, and the Union Army itself to personally deliver the news to the most remote corners of the conquered Confederacy. The proclamation that Lincoln signed didn't find its way into Texas, which is where my father's family is from, and the Rambo family until mid-June of 1865. On June 19th, Union General Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston and personally delivered the news. The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with the proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. There was a, a lot of celebration, but there was also a lot of sadness, a lot of concern, a lot of fear. Both enslaved Africans and those who held slaves didn't know what really to do now. As freed Americans, where were we to go? One hundred and fifty years later, June 19th is a day of remembrance and celebration. I think my first Juneteenth celebration was when I was six or seven because I remember roasted ears of corn. And this was in Austin, Texas. And then coming here, I was surprised and really astounded to find out that Minneapolis, St. Paul have such a strong connection with Juneteenth. It stands to reason with the number of people who probably migrated from this far north who brought with them that tradition. Every year in Texas, Minnesota, and around the country, Juneteenth is marked. I like how the fact that they, they started talking about, you know, Gaveston, Texas, and how they started uh, Juneteenth, and then get right into, you know, Minneapolis and St. Paul. That really puts a smile on my face because I remember growing up and, uh, going to Juneteenth and, you know, in both areas, you know, Minneapolis, they had one in Powderhorn Park and uh, St. Paul, they had one over in the Rondo area. So I, I remember, and, and really, I don't remember no city affiliations or I don't remember nonprofits. I just remember it. And maybe it was, you know, I was young. So, uh, but I just remember it being a time of, community getting together and just different foods, different seeing different smells, uh, different scenery, seeing different people and getting a chance to have different conversations uh, from all over the world and, and getting to know uh, who I was. I really didn't know what Juneteenth meant, uh, meant never understood uh, its, its significance uh, until I really started doing research into it and understanding of, you know, we can be mad at America. We can be mad um, at the way that our ancestors have been treated. We can be mad at the way that uh, history, I can't even say history, but the way that we've been lied about our history. We've been uh, bamboozled about knowing our history, you know, we it, it's 
it's been taken from us. Uh, not not necessarily taken, but it's been it's like a little white lie, and it keeps on that lie just keeps on growing and growing and growing, and it keeps on being told differently and differently and differently, instead of just acknowledging uh, the truth. Uh, so I'm gonna get back into this video and then set up. So hold on. March with music, food, and fellowship. We are celebrating at Mississippi Regional Park. There's all ages here. I just see all kinds of people and colors. <laughs> it's amazing to me that, especially among uh, the African-American culture, we have a little bit of a fear of, of embracing that history, you know, because there's some shame connected to slavery. I don't feel that way. I feel that that is such an important part of who I am as a person. The strength that I have within me comes from that struggle. African American Independence Day. After we're celebrating our day of liberation, our day of liberation. It's important to have opportunities for us to celebrate our oneness, our wholeness, our completeness, our dynamic selves. It's vital to African American people to have a an opportunity, a date that heralds the importance of who we are as a people, what we've been through as a people. Juneteenth gives African-American communities a chance to reflect on their ancestors' struggles and achievements, and also to spotlight current issues. There is a lot going on in this world. There's a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, and a lot of uneasiness. The foundation you have can kind of give you a little bit more of a sure footing because you can look and say, well, wait, my family made it through this hatred. Somehow they made it through. Yeah. So take that strength and go up to the next level. I love seeing the support that I get every year. It's always new people I'm meeting and hopefully collaborating with them so we could have Juneteenth and not let it die is so important. If in my heart I do not yield, I'll overcome someday. So let's talk about what liberation means, um, because I think there's a, a misunderstanding of do we really do black people have liberation? So at the bottom of the screen, uh, you will see liberation definition is movement seeking equal rights and a status for a group. Um, I would say that we're we're still fighting for uh liberation uh we don't fully have it in the terms of that definition because we still have movements out here uh for black rights so i don't celebrating freedom on juneteenth uh it is a weird weird uh not weird but I guess I, I don't even see why it has to be uncomfortable because slavery, talking about slavery shouldn't be uncomfortable. Uh, I think the reason why slavery is uncomfortable to talk about is for the simple fact of that we still have slavery today. You know, we have so many uh, people that are jailed and, and incarcerated that are innocent uh, that are that are over sentenced uh simply because their skin color uh and i'm gonna play a clip a little bit later and and talk about because this lady really breaks it down into the terms of what we're dealing with when it comes with our our juveniles and you know, single mother homes uh, and the way that our everything is set up. And she really, it makes sense if you really think about it, uh, but you really have to have 
um, an open mind to have, um, be willing to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and understand that their experience or their their walk may have been different uh, than yours. So I'm gonna play that real quick. We fed him through food stamps. We housed him through hood in section eight. We the baby daddy. Okay. Like we didn't create welfare. We were handed it. But welfare gave us all that we needed to say, fuck that nigga. And then we wonder why we have to return our children to their fathers, which is the prison system. Because the government is your baby daddy. Now give us our son. We fed him through food stamps. We housed him through HUD in Section 8. We the baby daddy. Give us our child. And we, they get to the point where they come collect. And now we look and it's a pandemic. And it's an epidemic of melanated men in the prison system. Going back to their daddy, Uncle, Uncle Sam, who raised them via food stamps and welfare and section eight and if we don't do something about it we'll just continue to perpetuate the cycle and i don't talk about what i don't know about because shit i got jammed up because after my life changed i didn't want to let the motherfucking system go when i didn't need it anymore and i got fucked up behind keeping an apartment keeping a section eight apartment Thinking to myself, if I was ever to be homeless again, me and my baby's gonna always have somewhere to go. And the motherfucker reported me to welfare. Got I got real fucked up behind that shit. I don't talk about what I don't know about, baby. I'm single mama. Hmm. You know, um she made a a a a, a lot of of sense and when you when you break it down you know it's i feel like welfare and you know this is how i take it and people can get their own explanation or breakdown or understanding or comprehension of what she said uh based on your own life experiences on uh, the things that you've been taught uh, but from my experience and and everything, I'm gonna break down how I understood it. Uh, how I understood it is basically, it, it, it's a loan. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of what she's saying. They already gave us reparations a little bit. They already gave us, you know, uh, some of us are, are paying back the free, the freebies that America has afforded us by amendments by legislation you know um and that doesn't just go for black people but we are the most hunted the most and it's so obvious and i don't understand why people don't don't get it when you're are a different color a skin tone people look at you differently you know when we break it down into, you know, data, statistics, especially I, I can talk about Minneapolis primarily, you know. I actually you know what we can talk about the country because that's the numbers where I'm going to say, um, I know, you know what? No, it is Minneapolis. So we sit there and Minneapolis is. 19% black, but yet the homicide victims are 89% black. Where's the suspects? No, I think it's suspects. That 89% suspects are black. And then you look at the incarceration rate. We're a low number. We're in the teens, but yet we're in the high numbers when it comes to incarceration. And yet we still don't don't see an issue with that. We have so many innocent brothers locked up right now that are sitting behind bars, and yet we're not saying anything. And it's something else that I want to get into, because, you know, it, I believe in that. See something, say something, do something uh, mentality. 
And, oh, I don't know exactly when it happened, uh, but I'm sure if people are on Twitter that they've seen the YK Osiris and Sakana video. Um, maybe, and maybe you haven't, so that's why we are going to to play it. Uh, I think there's one that was like a minute. The right one, then. The right one, then. I didn't kiss the tattoo. I know I've seen some net trip right there before. The right one, then. Yeah, I don't understand that. These, it's like I believe in that. See something, say something, do something. But you know, in this situation, I, I don't. That era. Oh, here's the video I wanted to play. Oh my! she's uncomfortable. Why is it she's saying something? The ball here. We got Marco, the media. I don't know if you guys are the right guys, but you last time. I don't know if you guys are that. Scared. And I'm, not, I'm just, I, I wasn't there. I don't understand the situation. I'm not trying to uh, victim blame, victim shame, do none of that. I just don't understand is how we as people are so always quick to pick up our phones um, instead of preventing um, somebody from feeling uncomfortable, uh, somebody feeling a certain type of way. And we don't even do that. We're so quick to pick up a phone and film. So I, I really wish people would look at that. I wish really people would, would look deep down inside and see that, you know, we as a, as a society have an issue, you know, uh, we have an issue with tokenism. Um, because that's what we see. We see a lot of tokenism in America with, uh, the, these holidays, Juneteenth has been around for over a century and yet we're just now getting it to be a federal holiday. We're finally just getting it to be talked about. We're finally getting it to talk about this right here, that that, that liberation um, that we so seek, that we want, that our ancestors, that history that we hear about, that is talked about all the time from, you know, Martin Luther King to Harriet Tubman to, uh, Frederick Douglass, to Huey Newton, to Fred Hampton, to Malcolm X, uh, to John Lewis, to Mel Reeves. It's always been about uh, it shit, Spike Moss. We we can go really deep into this and, and say a lot of names and they, it's all, regardless of how they fought, how they might've spoke, it's always been about black liberation. Uh, and making sure that black people are seen equally all the way across with everybody else so that the disparities to me aren't as bad as they are because the disparities are bad and that's something that we don't address. We do not address the disparities uh, in our communities when it comes to education, when it comes to healthcare, uh, when it comes to wealth, when it comes to uh, business ownership when it comes to home ownership. Uh, and, you know, people get so tired of hearing about racism. Well, then what is it? 
If it's not racism, what is it? Because I'm not saying that you are, as people, are racist. I'm saying that the legislation is systemically racist. And that's what we fight for. I'm not out here to, you know, sit here and, and say that Governor Tim Walls is is a racist. Nobody has negrophobia. And if you can't understand what negrophobia is, then you really have to to understand um, what we're talking about. Good afternoon, Brian. Peace and blessings, brother. You know, and that's all we're saying. We just want to be seen equally. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican, because if you go by the Constitution, then it should be about we the people. We the people. That's what this should be about is we the people. That's what it should be about. We the people. Because it's one thing that I've noticed um, going to different um, city halls and council chambers is from, you know, I've been to Brooklyn Center. I've been to Rochester. I've been to the state capitol, Red Wing, Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, Robbinsdale. And there's not a lot of room you know minneapolis is a city of four hundred and fifty thousand. but if you go to their council chambers it only seats like 20. like how is that making the public how is that making the constituents feel welcomed because you know i sat there and i thought about that monday night when i went in the red wing and because I like to compare experiences and I like to compare, you know, how cities are ran. And there's I, honestly, the state even, there's nowhere that really wants public input. You know, you go up to the state capitol and they give you, when you're testifying, that's because that's what they call it, testifying. And then you got the um, like people like David or whatever the hell his name is, who was, a, who, you can consider a, a serial rapist up there testifying to get, and, and, and honestly, we need free phone calls in prison. We, we do, the inmates should be able to talk to their families. There shouldn't be such a barrier, but to sit there and bring up people that are up there telling them lies, that are telling a narrative, because it's crazy how this man's family comes out and speaks the totally opposite of what he goes up there and 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 tells our our state legislators and then they write bills on lies so i, I want people to really think about that because what the fuck are we out here fighting for what are we out here fighting for so because it's really really fucked up and we we ignore so much you know, I look at all these these resolutions proclaiming uh, racism, a public health crisis. But then yet, even when you look at the COVID numbers, where are the disparities the worst that they hit the most? Black people. And yet we still out here talking about Black Lives Matter. We still out here talking about Black Lives Matter. But when they don't even matter to our legislators when they don't matter to our representatives shit why would they matter to people that are out here voting <laughs> you know what i'm saying when they don't give a fuck when they out here talking about whose streets our streets but yet when you're trying to make a point they're the first people to get you arrested there's them same politicians that are out here talking about whose streets our streets make that make sense you know and I am going to get more into the juvenile. Um, right. Why even make amendments to it? You know what I'm saying? This is, yeah, definitely. We definitely, um, you know, no enforcement of, legis of legislation whatsoever. So why make new legislation? You know, that, that that's a very good point. Because if you're not going to enforce the laws that we already have on the books. There's no point of writing amendments that you would tell people that are going to make them stronger, that are going to make, are going to decrease gun violence, that are going to decrease 
deaths that are decreased shootings when we all know that's a lie. There's nothing on the books that you can ever write that's going to end gun violence. I'm, I'm sorry, because the only thing that's going to end gun violence is to take away guns. And is that right? No, because then you got to you got to get rid of the Second Amendment. And if you the government tries to get rid of the Second Amendment, we're going to have a war on our hands. We're literally going to have a civil war on our hands. And I think then you would probably see the unity that everybody looks for, because I honestly believe that blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asians would come together and fight for their rights, for their for their right to be, defend their family, the right to bear arms on what the Constitution was written. You know, it's as time has evolved, has been written with codes, with laws to words, actually, to make it harder for certain race groups, certain ethnic groups to be able to prosper. So because we can literally look at them, you know, everybody wanted to talk about, um, you know, Ronald Reagan the other day when he it was his I don't know the day he died or maybe it was his birthday or something. I don't know what it was. Uh, but people were making a lot of a lot of especially the Democrats were making a lot of comments about it. Um, but the thing of it is, I I don't hate anyone. You know what I'm saying? Because I believe that when, when you know better, you do better. Uh, and I know that we can know better because education is possible. So I know that we can do better because one thing that my grandpa always told me is that get that you can't out of your vocabulary because you can. All it takes is patience, motivations, and persistence. Because if you want something, you're going to go get it. I have the door closed in my face all the time, and yet I'm still here pushing on because at the end of the day, I want it. I want my kids. If I can't have it, I want my kids to have it. I want my grandkids to have it. I want my nieces and nephews. I want my community to be able to be proud of being who they are, no matter where they come from, no matter if you if you come from a, a single mother home, if you come from HUD housing, if you come from Section 8, uh, if you don't have Jordans on your feet, uh, if you don't have the, the freshest jeans, it doesn't matter, but be proud of who you are because at the end of the day, you work for that. That's what we should be proud of. And that's what frustrates me because people out here fighting for $15 an hour minimum wage. Why are we putting a mark, a, a, a price on people's worth when the price of these products go up every year, but yet we don't put the, the salaries, we don't put the, um, earnings up. We don't put the, the cost of living goes up, but job wages don't job wages don't. And that's so sick, but yet we, we lie and tell people about affordable housing when there is no such thing as affordable housing. There never will be, there never will be affordable housing, not the way that we see it, not or actually not the way that they see it. Because all you're going to do is just like here in Red Wing, you know, um, they want to build all of this apartments. But well, who are you building it for? Because people can't afford that shit. You're putting dog walk, pet washes. You're putting um, all these amenities in there that poor people can't afford. We, we can't afford things like that. You know, sometimes people having a pet is for survival. It, it's for their, their children, you know? Yeah, then what's crazy about that is, you, you know, that they're building it to make home more homeless folks and prices up. That is a very good point because at the end of the day, all you see is vacant apartments. All you see is vacant housing. 
all you see is open land and what else homeless people more than ever but yet we're, they're throwing so much money at a at a homeless problem but not at homeless solutions make that make sense i'm going to say it again they're throwing money at homeless problems but not throwing money at homeless solutions it's the same thing that we do with the violence interrupters we throw money with no results with none and and yet we we, we get happy about it we celebrate it you know it, it's like somebody asked me the other day um why i was celebrating juneteenth for a country that doesn't care about me i don't celebrate it for america i celebrate it because it's a part of our history and and it's a history that they try to hide from us so yeah i want to be all involved in it and everybody every black person should be involved in it because of the simple fact of the people who have died for us to just be able to be here to say the shit that we're able to say we should go out there and, and keep on their legacy and making sure that that legacy isn't lied on isn't watered down isn't narrativized so that they don't demonize malcolm and uplift martin are they can so that they can't demonize fred hampton they can't demonize the black panthers for the same programs that they're giving us today but black people started make that make sense to me make that make sense to me please because it doesn't to me because i'm proud to be black and i'm proud to be an american but i'm also proud of where my ancestors came here i'm not proud of the way of the they tried to hide and conceal the ugly history of enslaved chattel slavery because it's still alive today with mass incarceration when when should incarceration ever be profitable when should it ever be profitable it's the same thing with health care medications why should it cost so much just to stay alive when the things that they give us the things that they feed us the things that we drink that we put into our body and yet they give us medications for it and and charge an arm and a leg for it just to stay alive diabetes high blood pressure because a lot of the things that we put into our bodies are illegal in other countries but yet give it to us here freely and cheaply and then we wonder why there's so much cancer we wonder why there's so much adhd think about it because we put this shit in our bodies we literally give it to our kids with red red dye 40. all the time it's a proven fact it's just like people want to talk about drug dealers people want to talk about you know the gateway because i'll tell you right now weed isn't a gateway drug to anything else but a good time and and, and a belly ache and, and and passing out in a nap now we talk about prescription drugs we're talking about adderall we're talking about opiates we're talking about percocets because what are our youth out here dying about what are our youth out here dying over hmm what are they ODing over the same meds that they were prescribed the same meds that they are prescribed zannies <laughs> make it make sense to me we sit here and we feed our children you know because the school system tells us that our children need medications yeah right to the refrigerator nothing more nothing more nothing more god put it here for me and you that is the only besides tobacco well no not even tobacco because they add things to it but weed they don't add anything to that that's something that is a seed you grow it you smoke it you don't do nothing else to you don't need to do nothing else to it 
the only thing that if you want something else like wax or if you want some edibles, then you got to do something with it. But otherwise than that, if you just get some flour, that's just like that's a rose. If you crumbled up a rose and smoked it, there's no thing. There's no additives to that. God put it here for me and for you. So I hope you're listening, Joe Biden. So get high, not die. <laughs> Man. But I, I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope people, you know, are watching because there's it's not just Chaz Neal speaking out about the history of Juneteenth. There, there is so many other individuals because I see it on Twitter. Uh, and I guess, you know, after people are calling me a foundation FBA, a foundational black America, black American. And it's like, damn, so now I'm getting called something else. Jesus, Lord, what the fuck is going on, man? It's like, you know, when I got into this, you know, I jumped off the couch on, on May 25th, 2020. I've been called uh, Antifa. I've been called uh, Akami. I've been called uh, uh, a militant. I've been Shit, I've been called a Trump. Now I've been called a Trumper. I've been called a homophobic. Uh, all because of I'm, I'm learning. I guess that if that shows growth, then I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? I would rather be called so many different names, but yet still love everybody and still stand here for everybody. So bring it on. I love it. Uh, it doesn't make no, no mind to me. You know, one thing that, I learned in here is that everybody has an opinion. Uh, but the only opinions that matter are the people that I love, uh, the people that know me. Uh, and, and, and and instead of trying to embarrass me or try to belittle me, try to, they correct me, uh, regardless if it's in public or in private, they correct me the right way uh, and, and guide me. They don't belittle me and not show me a better way. They criticize me and show me a better way. You know, they they try to educate. So that that's one thing that I know. I, I stick to those type of people. And that's why my circle's so small, because I'm looking for quality, not quantity. Uh, and I think everybody should be looking for quality, not quantity, because strength is not in numbers. It's in loyalty. And that's I, I so many phrases and so many like chants. You know, do you live by that shit? You know, people out here scream it, but do you live it? Because that's the difference in all of this, you know. I hear a lot of people say, if you, you stand, stand for something or fall for anything, or I hear people talk about no justice, no peace, or by any means necessary, but do they understand what those phrases mean? Because it does feel good to chant it. It feels good to say the Asada chant. It feels great. It feels empowerful. It feels, um, it's a whole nother feeling being out there marching and, and being with with all different types of people. It's a whole nother feeling. But when you're screaming that, do you understand it? Do you know do you know what that means? When we scream Black Lives Matter, people, so many people think we're screaming an organization. They think it's political. You know, I've never heard so much in my life that Juneteenth was so political. What what? Why is Juneteenth political? Because if Juneteenth is political, then June, July 4th should be political because the birth of America should like, what the fuck? Right, 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 right. Big facts. Do they even know who Asada is? That is, that is, is. So, so, so correct. Do they even know who Asada is? Because they scream. They know they talk about even Martin's I Have a Dream. 
But Martin's dream came from a place that a lot of people that that preach on it don't come from. They never they would never be able to live that struggle. That's why you see these rich people when they lose it all, they kill themselves because they don't know any other way of life but having money. And all we know is that's why it's crazy to me because I sit there and I ain't got a pot to piss in, but I'm still here happy. I love my people. I love my life. Is it shitty some days? Hell yeah. But I have great people around me. And that makes it all right. That makes me want to keep on going. That makes me want to keep on fighting because I know that when I can't pick myself up in the morning, I know that there's other people that, that do. You know what I'm saying? I, I have a great significant other, you know, uh, that loves me and has been here through everything uh has been here seeing me being falsely arrested uh seeing me being uh slandered online uh seeing slandered articles and narratives and misinformation being printed about me and me being on the news and uh and yes, she's still here because she knows the type of person I am. She knows where my heart is at. You know, I have people in, in the cities that, you know, my brother Marcus, uh, Gemini, that I, I love the death, man, and I would die for them niggas, man. That's some real shit. I would die for both of them niggas. And I hope they know this. I hope they know this. You know what I'm saying? And, and I've met other brothers along the way uh, especially, you know, one that just commented, Brian, you know what I'm saying? He'd be funny, weird, and full of shit sometimes, but I love him because I know where his heart is. You know what I'm saying? Everybody don't have that heart full of gold that will give up everything and not get anything in return. Because that's what this is about, it, being selfless. That's what liberation is about. And I don't see a lot of people doing that because just two hours and 16 minutes ago, they had a press conference in front of the um, Hennepin County Government Center talking about the juveniles. But was everybody invited? Was everybody invited to speak? Was everybody? And, and I can tell you right now, no, because they only want a certain narrative. They don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear that narrative because what was sad to me is seeing these same people that were out here talking about defund the police were now talking about working with the police. That doesn't make any, you can't, what the fuck? You're sitting there asking to defund and that you want to, to, to really, that's why they're, the people that gave that press conference today at 12 are part of the problem and will never be a part of the fucking solution. Never be a fucking part of the solution because you know why? They're snakes. They're liars. And they are not for the community. And I hope they hear this. Because I shared that live speaking what the fuck I had to say about it. Because the same shit, it, they're hypocrites. You can't be out there talking about, and you know what's crazy is. They talk about work with the police, but yet. They don't want school resource officers in the schools. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. They want to work with the police, but don't want school resource officers. Hmm. Make it make sense. And if you can't understand why we're going through what we're going through, elections have consequences. Elections have consequences, whether you like it or not. Elections have consequences. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the effects of bad legislation that we could have, if people paid more attention, if more people would have got behind Malcolm, if more people would have got behind um, Actually, fuck that, because we can go far as back as Marcus Garvey and the Universal Negro Improvement Association. Uh, we can go back that far, and then we can go back to Martin, because if people were 
were paying attention, if people were were more into education instead of themselves and furthering their propaganda and fur, uh, furthering their own agendas, we would have been in a further place if we would have got behind Malcolm, if we would have got behind Fred and the Black Panthers and Huey, Bobby Seal, the shit, we will even say the Chicago Seven, if we would have got behind people that were any by any means necessary, we would be way further along than the bullshit that we're facing because we're so quick to get behind celebrities because they have celebrity status, because they're liked. Who gets, a, if this what this is about, I don't want it. That's why I don't give a fuck about followers. I could give a fuck about, I know that you need it for sometimes for certain things, but I don't do this shit for a following. I do this shit for change. That when I walk out my door every morning and I go on my walk and I, I go get my coffee and I go look at the scenery and, and just take a, uh, be grateful for waking up this morning or waking up yesterday morning. And, and hopefully I'll be able to wake up tomorrow morning, but I'll be grateful. I'll be grateful for everything that I have. It ain't much, but I'm grateful for it. Um, you know, so I know it was a lot today. We we talked about Juneteenth, um, and that that was a, 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 a great conversation, uh, a great video that I played. I hope people really go out there and just want to educate themselves more. Don't hate. Don't hate something because you you you. We don't understand it. You know, go on, go hate it. Don't hate. You shouldn't even hate. To be honest, you know, just go understand more. Go understand why you don't hate, why you hate it. Why do you hate the red, white, and blue? Why do you hate the American flag? Go understand why. Because maybe you won't hate it. Maybe you'll understand that it's part of history and it's a part of who you are today. That's what this is about. It's educating and, and, and getting a, a, an understanding and a comfortability with who we are because there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So I'm going to leave it on that note. And y'all already know what it is. Win or fail, freedom or jail, heaven or hell. Wish me well. Y'all have a great one. Every day, fighting for my life. Every day, fighting for my life fighting for my life I am an